The blueberry industry is like no other. Passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the production, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. As we're recording this, it's the week of November 9th, 2020. And as many of you know, the news breaking this week has widespread implications on the future of the blueberry industry. I, for one, couldn't be more excited. And I've been asking veterans in our industry to give me an example of something as unifying and globally impactful to our industry's promotional efforts going forward. What am I talking about? The blueberry emoji. Now, 10 years ago, I would never expected to be using the emoji to communicate with friends and family, let alone at work. But today, I'm constantly using emojis to shorthand my thoughts and feelings over text and emails and in social media. So there's no denying that they've become a regular part of the way we, and most importantly, our customers and consumers communicate. So we could not be more thrilled that everyone now has such a vivid way to show their love for blueberries and spread a little fun and happiness as well. It's also been fun to see industry spreading the news. I've seen some of our marketers and others sharing the little emoji on their social media platforms. And I even saw Gary V, who has 8.5 million followers on Instagram, express his excitement for the big news. Now, he said it in ways I can't, but it was great to see the excitement nonetheless. Speaking of promotions, that's the topic for today's episode. More specifically, who is the new guy at the helm of USHBC's promotion committee? And what's his vision for USHBC's future efforts? And what can we all do to both collectively and individually promote blueberries? So joining me here to discuss this important topic is Jeff Malensky. Jeff is the president of Oregon Berry Packing in Hillsborough, Oregon, member of the USHBC Export Committee, and most recently appointed chair of the USHBC Promotion Committee. Jeff, before we get into promotions talk, you know, I think we would like to hear a little bit more. I'm sure everyone would love to hear about Oregon berry packing. I really enjoyed the opportunity to uh, come visit you this summer and see, you know, the blueberry fields and all their glory and the packing house in action. And so I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, you've got quite the investment and operation going there. So yeah. it was it a hot day, Casey, when you're out with us. It was yeah, a real was. hot day. In fact, I was trying to get Casey outside. He's like, no, Jeff, let's do the tour actually in cars. We can do, <laughs> we can communicate <laughs> that way. And I'm like, oh, that's, I guess we can do that. I'd much rather be in the fields myself. No, I mean, we're family business, myself, my brother, Brian, father, Roy, and mother, Barb. Uh, parents started our business, but it actually started previously with my grandparents. So if I really go back, 1948 is when we came into existence, and they took it from actually uh, opportunities in berries, supplying fruit in a local area here in our area. And from that, just opportunities kept moving forward. Those opportunities were in black raspberries and strawberries initially. And then once they decided to retire, fed into uh, my father and his brothers, formed a partnership in the 70s. And then they saw just different paths. And so that partnership went its own route. And so I think it was around the early 80s, my parents took it over. And so the, the farm itself was split into two. And my parents had a vision actually unique to that at the time, if you can believe it, is in the early 80s, we could not buy berries in a clamshell. None of that really existed. Maybe strawberries, a few, but that was 
that was about it. Nothing like what we see today. And at that point, parents decided, you know, what about fresh blackberries? So we got into, that's really our first endeavor into fresh. Everything before that was for the process market. And so we really got into um, fresh blackberries, working with some folks that are very uh, much involved in this industry, like Janice Honisberg, that's uh, on our committee, in fact, and kind of uh, saw some opportunities in the early 90s as a company to uh, start our first blueberries. So we started planning our first field was 1992. Duke blueberries. And that's kind of got us going. And um, just, it was the right timing, Casey. It's one of those things that you don't know why or when, but parents had a, just a vision there that there might be something going on in this blueberry industry. And so I'm sure my father went to some meetings and whatnot and, and heard some folks like Mark Hurst talk about it. And just, it was one of those moments where you could see some opportunities, but you had no idea what was in front of you. And then the health news came out, of course. Uh, one thing I'd say is that I'll always remember going, uh, we do a lot of business in our export markets as a, as a company. And myself, I went over there in the late 90s with my dad and uh, saw a sign up that it was a pharmacy and it said, blueberries are good for your eyes. You know, we've all been to pharmacies in the US. You'll never see a, some type of promotion saying of a berry at the front door. And it actually had a picture, a picture, if you can imagine this, a picture graph of here's a person at a keyboard with wide eye open and then you have another person at another keyboard and they were just like tired and and that was it was just interesting just how a different market it has its own thoughts and how they can uh, actually detail a message and just moving forward is uh where we're at today and we still do those those other berries black raspberries strawberries are still important we don't do blackberries any longer but the fresh blueberries and frozen blueberries is what we're about and particularly fresh so it's it's a lot of fun and I mean, my brother and I, we eat pounds and pounds of blueberries. I mean, every summer and even in days, I'm not joking, it's one, two pounds a days because we're trying to figure out what varieties work with our customers. What do we like? What do we not like? How can we improve it? But I mean, that's got to be a little hard for you. You're like the parents of all these children. So how do you pick? <laughs> Difficult, but they keep improving. So, you know... <laughs> The, the reality is, um, and I'll say this, in you know, 1992, when we planned our first field, I did not like blueberries. I would just full on did not like them. Uh, we had a neighbor that had a few plants and whatever they had in just wasn't uh, appetizing. Who knows what it was? It was some old, I mean, this is 19, you know, 1980s, late 80s, no clue. And so when we planted our first, I was in college and I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I'm sure this is going to work. But when I got back to the farm and we got our first production, wow, this has got something in and actually is something that's pleasant, that's that's good. And then we find out the health message. And I really, we started to see different varieties. It's well, great. let's dig a little there because, I, you know, I think a lot of folks are familiar with Oregon berry packing. But what, you know, you talked about coming back to the farm. What's your background from a professional standpoint? I think you went to a, a university yeah. there in Oregon. I can't remember yep. what one yep. that was. The, the, one, the one that we prefer, Oregon State University, <laughs> orange and black, proud beaver. Uh, all joking aside, love Oregon State. But no, I, I uh, double majored in uh, international business and international studies, minor in Spanish. So it, I really wanted to do something in those that frame. And the odd thing is when I came back to the farm, I didn't think that was actually going to fit into what I was studying. And, and actually, as it turns out, it couldn't have fit better than a glove. I mean, it really is what we do because our, for our business, most of it goes for the export markets. And, and you were talking about huge support of the, the domestic, Costco. That's one of our major customers as well. And it's just fun to hear 
their perspectives because that's also what we believe in too. Well, that sounds great. We're going to talk a lot more about this and it's going to be fun today to spend a little time, you know, hearing from your perspective on where the industry's headed. But for now, right now, we're going to take a break and, and it's time for the crop report. During this time of year, we get reports coming in from important blueberry growing areas like Mexico, Peru, and Chile. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. It's time now for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry areas around the globe. Today, you'll hear from Luis Vegas in Peru and Andres Armstrong in Chile. This was recorded on November 11th, 2020. This is Luis with the crop report from Peru up until the end of week 44. So up until this point of the season, Peru has shipped a total of 249 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide, which represents an increase of 55% versus our previous seasons when we shipped 160 million pounds. Uh, up until this point of the season, Peru has shipped directly to 30 countries worldwide, including Taiwan, which gained access on September. And until this point of the season, Peru has already shipped 460,000 pounds into this market. So what happened during week 44, uh, Peru shipped a total of 22.1 million pounds, which represents a decrease of 190,000 pounds versus the previous week. From this volume, half was sent into the US. This fruit will be arriving market on the last uh, week of November uh, or the first days of December. So that's a report for Peru until the end of week 44. This is Andres Armstrong from the Chilean Blueberry Committee with the report from Chile. Shipments continue with a greater volume accumulated compared to those of the previous season. The northern part of the country, meaning regions four and five, continue to provide the bulk of the volumes and are at the peak of the harvest labors uh, at this moment. The central and south central zones are timidly progressing. The total exported volume uh, accumulated up to the end of week 44 has already uh, adding 4.5 million pounds. This is 35% more compared to the same week of the previous season. But remember, we are still under 2% of our total volume of the season. So this is just the beginning, even though we are looking to greater volume in the northern part of the country due to new plantings, most of those who are organic. North America has increased its market share last week with 63% share of total shipments. This is mainly associated with organic blueberries, which reports a total of 2.6 million pounds up to date, which is 57% of the total exported so far. So this is my report from Chile up to week 44. Thank you so much to our colleagues from around Latin America who take the time to participate in these crop reports. I've received some great feedback uh, recently from folks who are appreciating hearing uh, the continued effort of the crop reporting coming in from places like Chile, Peru, and Mexico. Okay, we're back here with Jeff Malensky of Oregon Berry Packing and our Promotions Committee Chair. So Jeff, let's start with what convinced you to take on this important challenge of chairing the Promotion Committee. Casey, we were blessed as a committee to have really strong leadership. I got on here in 2014. My father preceded me. Of the committees, it's always been interesting when you go in these meetings. I mean, there's so much good information. Promotions is one that 
personally, I, I always enjoyed hearing about and understanding more and understanding more about the consumer. This committee, in addition, I think that's the one that we got a, a good um, semblance of what this industry is about from all walks of life, truly. And we all put in our perspective the growers had in mind. I think that's what attracted me. And, and so when Bob said, hey, Jeff, would you be interested? Like, wow, that, these are big shoes because there's a lot going on in this committee, but they already had set a great path. As I'm not recreating something that hasn't been. So it makes it a lot easier. And then with the team at USHBC, and now we have Jenny Sparks on as well. I mean, my job is really in directing what the committee believes is the right path with the expectations that our growers do as well. So it, my job's a lot easier than what I believe theirs was at the time. I certainly can see that that uh, foundation that was laid by the leadership before you. I don't know that I would agree that it's going to get any easier. I think, you know, the challenge you have ahead of you is that the expectations become higher really because of that foundation. And so as you look at your that group of people around you that now you're leading as chair, you know, talk to me a little bit about that grower influence because you you look around that room and leadership and it's a balance between marketers, you know, like Brian Bocock and others versus, you know, growers. And I think, and I've heard this as I've traveled around the country, the perception that marketers are, are leading the marketing efforts over there at USHBC. But really, when you look at your role and you look at, you know, the balance of influence on that committee, maybe you can talk a little bit about how you see the balance and the relationship between both and your experience with it. So one thing that we've noticed, I think, as a committee is certainly if you look over a lot of the work that we have done, it's been very fresh based and there is definitely frozen in it. And I think that's, that's one thing that Bob has instructed me is he would like that to move forward. And I am a committee. I was, I think always one of my things is I came from the fresh part here 10 years ago, but I've been in the frozen since then. And so, um, and there's a couple of us on the committee that, we don't lose sight on that and we don't want to. And I think, Casey, that's the one thing that I get excited about is that we've made available opportunities in front of us, but there's so much that as a committee we can do. I mean, I think it's truly limitless. And some of the things that kind of get me excited is we're talking, we're doing stuff right now with the retail component. Now this is on the fresh. There's no reason we're not going to turn that into on the frozen end and the dried working with manufacturers. These are things that really the committee hasn't, um, whether we thought about it much, we had, but um, now it, it's like a thousand doors open. So now we really got to be specific in how do we want to approach this. And again, looking at that ROI, that's always indicator. Is this getting back to that grower? So with, with Kirk, with Bob, they were always looking at that. And also the committee, the members there, I, I think we all share that same message. Well, and it's so interesting. I mean, you, especially for you, uh, you know, as a processor of Frozen, the idea that we ran into, I think in the run up to the March meetings here, the spring meetings this year, we were talking about just how much the committee needed to influence the Frozen and process in order to deal with that pile. And then COVID hit. And then, you know, that was such a game changer that it really had us pivoting in that moment to think about health again. And then, you know, the combination of both. And then you could see those doors open on where we could take blueberries in light of circumstances. It is totally exciting. And I think, you know, kind of going back to that point about the balance of influence on your committee, you know, talk a little bit about how you see that effective relationship from a committee standpoint. When we're looking at programs, having the growers and the marketers in that same room and that dynamic, how valuable is that to you? You got to have it, Casey. I, if you're too heavy in one, then you're going to see that in 
I think, in our direction. We got to have a diverse group there in, in all of this because otherwise we limit our opportunities. I truly think that it, one of the numbers that I keep, I wrote down prior to this conversation that I'm looking at right now is strawberries has 70% penetration or something to that point. Blueberries is only a 37 or 38. I mean, I love blueberries. I eat blueberries all the time. Everybody I know, they're like, yeah, Jeff's the blueberry guy. Like, that's what their family does. And the message is out there. But we have so much runway in front of us as an organization, as growers, as our whole industry. Wow. Like, there are so many opportunities. You name me a fruit that has the combination of fresh, frozen, dried, and or freeze-dried. I can't name one that I'm going to eat in those different formats. Take different berries, take, take something like a banana even. Are you truly going to have it in those formats? You're not. And blueberries, we may not be on the top of somebody's mind in all those formats, but we're darn near close to the top, whereas any of these other fruits are maybe at the top in one, but they don't even get talked of in others. So we've really got a lot of opportunities there. Dr. Rim, uh, I just listened to the podcast here the other day on the top 10 moments. That information, that, that is like, that's something as a promotion committee, we're going to be able to utilize those health messages with our agencies. I think we're at the front of the line, if you look at all types of food products, of accessing those opportunities with the folks that we work with. Absolutely. Well, and I think this maybe heads in the direction of all leadership, you know, where, you know, we did have Michael Hyde, he's one of our keynotes, he talked about vision. You know, as you think about your vision in chairing the promotion committee, what would you like to see us do more of or less of? What's your vision? It pairs well with what Bob had um, talked to me on is that fresh is always going to be critical to what we do. We're going to get more involved in the frozen. We're going to get more involved in the dried and other formats. I can see us with the retail component. I think there's definitely opportunities to work together on that with retailers, manufacturers. We're working with the folks at Kroger on data. Like this is some we've never, uh, we've never had access to. Is there's a relationship that let's see where that goes, and then we see some success there. We can leverage that with other folks. See what we did with these folks. What those folks are telling us. Again, I look at it as you open one door and thousand doors are in front of you. Which ones do we want to go on? And those could open another thousand doors or so. So there's a lot of difficulties in front of us. No sugarcoating that one. It's going to be tough times, but um, the amount of opportunities, I mean, they're endless. It's, it's easy to say, but they really are. It is if, we've got to put that on our thought is that we really have a lot of opportunities. Let's figure out which ones we want to get on and do. You know, to your point about it, you know, difficult times still yet ahead is that, you know, the one common red thread through business is unity that can be created out of marketing. You're chairing the promotion committee. Marketing is such a unifier for all businesses who want to see that tide rise. And, and I think, you know, there are some things that have happened just recently. I mean, I top of this episode, I'm talking about that blueberry emoji that yeah. just this week and that. Uh, How cool is that? Yeah. But at the same time, it creates this universal language for people to be able to communicate their love and then to encourage people to put it on their shopping carts and talk in blueberries. And, and, you know, those are great moments for our program, our industry going forward. And, and then, you know, when we looked at the program for 2021, that focus on, you know, we changed our corporate branding and that led to a conversation at the promotion committee about, you know, how do you translate this inspiring possibilities to the consumer and, Padilla went to work and developed the Grab a Boost of Blue. Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about where you see that going. So we got um, Bob Creaney was working with the folks at USAHBC on coming up with what could this look like. And so I kind of 
moved into that spot in the uh, summertime period. And so you got some folks on our committee that are really marketers. I mean, they're at a different level of it and their understanding of it. And then you got others that, that are not. And what was interesting is when we actually got to defining, okay, this is a new logo. This is our new statement, inspiring possibilities. And you saw that in the virtual conference is that we were all excited. I, I, and if you're on our conference calls, which were quite a few, and I, there was a lot of time put in by our team and by the team at USHBC, certainly to put this all together. But we were all excited, like, wow, this is something new. And then when we had Padilla there, let's see what they can do. And very shortly, they came to us with this, yeah, grab a boost. Everybody's like, yeah. That sounds good. That, we're ready. We'll Let's do, do it. Yeah. Where are we going to go with this now? Well, it's exciting. It's fun to, you know, it was neat to be a part of it, neat to see it unfold the way it did. And I think this kind of summarizes in such a simple way, and it does it across our audiences of heavy users, medium users, you know, busy families. It's just grab a boost, whether it's for your kids or for yourself or for your health. And, and of course, boost ties in that kind of immunity conversation that, you know, boost your immunity. So it does a lot in a little you know, and it's just powerful uh, communication. So I'm excited about it. You know, of course, your enthusiasm for it certainly helped drive the committee's discussion. But, you know, as you look forward, how important is it as you think about all of those collaborative opportunities, how important is the need for the industry to use the tools provided to carry this message forward and extend our reach? Well, the virtual conference got my team super excited. In fact, that was like a little power pill that they took when they saw the virtual conference. Like, Wow, look at all this information. That's part of our question is, what are we going to use to do this? Because there are so many things one could. Like, is it labeling that we want to focus on? Is it, more? I mean, marketing material in Asia? Is it, it's a question. I, I can definitely see on my own is moving that into our cases. It is very simple. Um, it's uh, so many growers in our industry from so many different regions is imagine if we were all moving in relatively the same direction. And we do have a semblance of a, a, a message that is very similar. All of a sudden, that 37%, Casey, we're going to see an uptick dramatically. And so I, I think this is just the start of it in, in reality. We have the opportunities now because of the work that was done before us is it's just building on. And so when times were easy, we were all planting blueberries and we weren't thinking. Secondly, now it's time to it's time to steer this ship a little tighter, look at how we're doing our jobs, you know, in the fields, in the packing plant. And those create opportunities that we wouldn't have entertained before because there's no need to. Okay, well, let's take a quick break for our marketing boost segment. We'll be back in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC and ABC Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. With so much in the news lately, there's now big news for the blueberry industry and the many fans of blueberries. On November 5th, the new blueberry emoji hit mobile keyboards. Yes, blueberries were included in the latest set of emojis released by the Unicode Consortium and made available on mobile devices. With Classic Blueberry being named the flavor of the year and Classic Blue designated as the color of the year, this emoji release rounds out the national recognition for blueberries. The unique blue color makes the new emoji positively stick out on the food and drink section of the emoji keyboard. 
This is exciting, and consumers will enjoy using the new emoji to add to their shopping lists and create context and a pop of color to their texts and social media posts. Why is this important? Because it will help to create awareness and those important reminders of the unique attributes of blueberries. And it's sure to make consumers' mouths water for this crunchy, sweet, and tart berry. Here at USHBC, we are encouraging the use of the emoji among consumers by sharing fun social media content and promoting a special contest to engage the public in helping us spread the joy and encourage purchase. We know you in the blueberry industry want to spread the good word too. And we've made it easy for you to capitalize on this new communication tool. Please visit ushbc.org emoji to access the new emoji toolkit. This online resource center provides you and your marketing team with step-by-step -step advice and best practices for emoji use, language and graphics for social media posts, and additional resources for promotions and signage. So make sure your phones and devices have the newest updates so the emoji shows up on your keyboard. Then explore the emoji toolkit at ushbc.org emoji and you'll be ready to get started. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership, as together we leverage this special moment to further inspire the world to experience the amazing benefits of blueberries. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for that quick Marketing Boost. Always appreciate your insights and certainly this uh, great news about the blueberry emoji. Uh, Jeff, let's turn back over to this conversation that we're having you know, talk to me a little bit about engagement of our industry. You know, how do, you know, you talked about how your team was inspired by the virtual conference and expo, but talk to me about how do we get people who aren't involved with what we're working on today, uh, involved with what we're doing going forward in, in promotion and marketing? Uh, I mean, I think one, we have to engage more. So we got to figure out what is a way to get those folks. I mean, on our team, we have a, a number of family farms that, they're starting to get a little more engaged. I, I think if you're not engaged, things are going to be more difficult. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see how you, how you can be on the sidelines right now. I, I, and so I probably of anything now is the easiest time to get people engaged than, than ever. Gentleman from Cornell is that was fascinating. That information, I had never heard that presented. We need to get that information out to the folks that are like, I don't know if, you know, promotions and health and, research is really doing us any has any deliverables well 571 million pounds you can't tell me that's not deliverable i mean that's not from my mouth that's from somebody that studied this not from your mouth that message we got to that's a clear message casey very easy again simple it's not a huge explanation the number speaks for themselves and we move forward with that well it has been a fantastic opportunity to sit down with you today and just kind of pick your brain on where you think things are going next and next and and I certainly, you know, want to reiterate my appreciation for, you know, your enthusiasm in this leadership role. You know, I, it's always that joke that, you know, it's the guy who didn't come to the committee meeting that ends up chair of something. And, <laughs> and uh, I know that's not you. I know no, that you, no, uh, no. you were uh, no. encouraged to take it, you know, when, when Bob reached out to you and, and you've, you've definitely grabbed that responsibility and, and, and really appreciate your leadership. And, and it's been great to get to know you and your family. So uh, yeah, it's been fun. K Casey, one point I want to make, and I hadn't got a chance to state this, but um, my compass is really delivered by my daughter. 
And it happened about four or five years ago is she's 10 now. So she's, you know, five, six or so. We were at a market. We saw some beautiful blueberries in our winter season. We took them home. We love our blueberries. And so she's a consumer like myself, but I have a different perspective. And so it's going to be clouded a bit. And so she ate in the blueberries. She's like, daddy, these are mushy. So it's always stuck with me. And I think going forward, it's going to is that until we can deliver on her having a, a good experience, we've not done our job as an industry. And so that's, that's why I see so many opportunities is I want my daughter to say, daddy, I love these blueberries. And guess what? If she loves her blueberries, how many more blueberries is she going to eat? So at, at the end of the day, that inspires me. We got so much to be thankful for in our industry and so many opportunities in front of us that uh, are, are going to help us. Amen. And uh, that's a great example of what still yet lies ahead for our business of blueberries, the uh, kind of renaissance of, of looking at what, what has been built and yet what's still ahead in the area of things like variety and breeding and you know, what's that eating experience. And I know Todd Egan talked a lot about that in his keynote, but it, it is absolutely true. Like that part is what uh, is going to keep inspiring people to come back again and again and again. So I can't thank you enough for this time, your leadership and your, you know, your support for our program and the work that's yet ahead for the USHBC. So appreciate your time today. No, thanks, Casey. Well, I always enjoy getting a chance to hear Jeff's perspective, uh, whether it's on a quick phone call or a long phone call or, you know, on today's podcast, it's great to get him on the show. And a couple of highlights, you know, I take away from our discussion today is, you know, just the idea that these are tough times. They are. And, and I think you heard Jeff say that a couple of times, you know, from his perspective as a grower and certainly serving on the committee, we understand the challenges that lie ahead. But I, I really hope that, you know, we can continue to look at the work of USHBC. And I think he symbolizes that as the committee chair, as an example of how marketing can unite and drive essentially the, the next blue wave together. And from his perspective, he continues to push our team and show that there's a lot more left in this opportunity for the blueberry industry. The other part I think we've said on other episodes of the podcast is you just can't sit on the sidelines right now. He said it, I'll say it. There's just so much happening that people can get engaged with. And I think our Boost the Blue campaign is certainly one of those that people can learn more about as we start to roll out that program. But Grab a Boost of Blue is going to be a big deal for being able to say the things we want to say about blueberries in all its forms. Jeff talked about that, and that, that's really exciting as well. Um, but ultimately, Jeff's absolutely right. The, the foundation that's been built over many years, a long history of strong leadership, really does set the course and stage for us to be able to deliver on the ROI that there is in this program for growers and the industry and the balance of working together between marketers and growers to uh, deliver on that promise. And yes, we have Dr. Kaiser's report, um, but most importantly, it's the understanding that growers have on how this is continuing to, to move the needle and how we're going to continue to drive awareness and demand for years to come. So that's it for episode 21. So if you found this insightful, we'd really appreciate it if you could share this uh, podcast with someone you know in the blueberry industry, even if they're not in the blueberry industry. We hope that this would be a podcast that inspires people uh, about what we're doing in our industry. And the best way you can show support for our show is by helping us spread the news. So, you know, please grab this episode and share it uh, on your favorite social media platform. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries.